Luke chapter 15. And uh, as we read this chapter, again, if I was to give a title to the message tonight, it would just simply be Three Hearts Revealed. Three Hearts Revealed. And the context of this passage, and it's so important we get the context, we understand who the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to as he comes and he speaks this parable, this parable that's divided into three parts. Sometimes we maybe think of it as three parables, but it's a parable and it's in three separate parts. And it's directed to the Pharisees. It's directed at very religious people. And I want you to keep that in mind. Satan is taking very, very many people to hell through religion. People who are so orthodox, so strict in their religion. Pray often, memorizing scripture, doing good works, doing many, many good things for all the wrong reasons. And we need to understand tonight that God's salvation, it's not a reward for the righteous, but rather it is a gift for the guilty. God's salvation is not a reward for those who think they're worthy, but rather it's a gift to those who realize they are completely unworthy. And that really sums up what's happening here. Let's read this passage of scripture together. Luke chapter 15. Then drew near unto him, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. There were people drawing near unto the Savior. Then drew near unto him all the publicans, tax collectors, in other words, and sinners for to hear him. Seems like a strange thing to say that because we're all sinners. There was nobody else who could have drawn near, only sinners. But you'll understand maybe now in the next verse why it says that. And the, pub, or sorry, and the Pharisees and scribes murmured. They were seeing this happening. They were seeing these publicans and sinners drawing near to the Savior. And the Pharisees... Ultra-Orthodox, extremely religious, T-crossers, I-daughters, and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners. I tell you, that's the best news you'll ever hear, sinner. That's really good news. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. But these ultra-religious People here, Pharisees and scribes, murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he, that is the Lord Jesus, spake this parable unto them. So this parable is directed to these murmuring Pharisees and scribes. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. 
And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. Don't murmur, but rejoice. Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, Pharisees and scribes, so that's who he's talking to. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either. So that was the first part of the parable. Now we come to the second part. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which was I had lost. And then the Lord Jesus again addresses these Pharisees these ultra-religious people, Pharisees and scribes, who were murmuring in their hearts, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Verse 10, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And he said, now we come to the third part of the parable, a certain man had two sons. And I'm sure nearly everybody in here will be aware of this parable. And if I was to ask you to give me a title for this parable, you would probably say, this is the parable about the prodigal son. But I would remind you that yes, there's a younger brother, but there's an older brother. And this parable is directed at the Pharisees and scribes and they are represented by the older brother. It's the older brother that's in view. The younger brother, he's represented by the sinners that were coming to Jesus. And there's rejoicing in heaven when sinners are coming to Christ. Remember what we read earlier. The Lord Jesus, again, in that passage we read earlier, was speaking to Pharisees, Jews, and he said, Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, Gentiles, or as the Jews would refer to them as sinners, ultra-Orthodox Jews see Gentiles as fuel for hell. They believe themselves to be God's chosen people. And Gentiles are fuel for hell. But the Lord Jesus is saying to them, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, and them also I must bring. And there will be one fold and one shepherd. And here now he's speaking to these Pharisees. And he's telling them this parable is directed at them. Verse 11, and he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. They would have, that would have been a very, very shocking thing to do. 
in that culture, that would have been to say to the father, Father, I wish you were dead already. Let me have my inheritance. Let me get my inheritance now. These Orthodox Pharisees, these scribes, they would not have been impressed with someone with that attitude. Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. So the older brother, he received as well. He hadn't asked, but he also received. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, couldn't wait to get away, couldn't wait to get away from under the nose of his father, his father who cared for him, his father who loved him. Maybe there's a younger brother. You've got the same heart, the same spirit, the same mindset as that younger brother and you're in this meeting and you just can't wait to get away out from under your father's care for you. You just want to get out into the world and live as you want and do as you want. Well, that was the mind of this younger brother. And not many days after, the younger brother gathered all together and he took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. We have never experienced a famine certainly in our lifetimes in Northern Ireland. But having lived in Kenya, I have witnessed famine, certainly down in the semi-arid area where we were. And the crops had failed two, two seasons in a row. And people in great, great want and great need. And I often say to people here and people at work who would go down to the canteen at work and say, I'm starving. Time is it, I'm starving. And say, no, no, you're not starving. You, you've probably had breakfast already this morning. You ate yesterday. But when you have someone, a lady with sunken in cheeks and face, and a wee baby tied to her back, who hasn't eaten for maybe a week, coming to the mission center and saying, asking for some food, saying she's starving, then you understand what it is to be hungry and not know where your food's coming from. This younger brother had squandered everything, wasted his substance in riotous living, and when he had all was spent, all gone, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. I'd say that's, that's definitely an understatement. He had nothing left, and there was a mighty famine. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, to feed pigs. If, any, if you know about the Jews under the Levitical law, the Jew was told not to eat pigs. They were among the unclean animals because they didn't chew their cud. They did divide their hoof, but they didn't chew their cud and therefore they were regarded as an unclean animal. A Jew would not want to be farming pigs. He wouldn't want to be farming pigs, yet alone would he want to be sitting here at the, at the trough and even 
so hungry that he would desire to eat their food. This was really about as bad and as low as it was going to get for this younger brother. And can I just say to you in the meeting tonight, if you have that same heart and mindset of the younger brother, and you've been brought up in a good home, you've been taught the word of God, and yet in your heart you're despising it, and you just want to get out into the world, the Lord can bring you right down Right down to your on your knees, to your right in the very gutter of sin, to get your attention. You would do well to listen to the Father's voice speaking to you in this meeting tonight. As God, with his arms outstretched in love to sinners, welcomes them home to come to him. When he went, it says in verse 15, and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed swine, to feed pigs, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. Verse 17, remember this parable, this is being spoken here to these Pharisees and scribes, these religious people who are murmuring and saying, this man receives sinners and, and he's eating with them, dining with them. And the Lord Jesus is speaking now to them. And he's telling them about these two sons and he's told them about this younger son. And the younger son represents these sinners that they're despising. But when this younger son was as low as he could go. It says when he came to himself. He said how many hired servants of my fathers. Have bread enough and to spare. And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And will say unto him father. I have sinned against heaven. And before thee. And I'm no more worthy. To be called thy son. And this was a very, very key point. You should underline that in your Bible. It's emphasized again by the Lord Jesus when he's speaking to these Pharisees in verse 21 as well. You see, the younger brother, the sinners who were coming to Christ, they weren't full of pride. They understood they were unworthy. They were guilty. That was a lesson for these self-righteous Pharisees. They thought they were worthy. They thought they were something when they were nothing. And that was the lesson they needed to learn. And so the Lord Jesus, as he's unfolding this parable to them, he's putting his finger right on the issue. You think you're righteous. You think you're worthy. These sinners are coming to me. They realize they're guilty. I wonder tonight, do you realize you're guilty? Are you sitting in the meeting tonight? Proud of how good you are. And I'm better than that one. I don't know how many times I've spoke to people out doing outreach. Knock the door. And they're so proud of the religion. I'm proud of my church. I have my church. I'm sure you've heard that. And I give to my church. And I do this and I do that. And I think I'll be alright. And they're just the same arrogant 
hypocritical heart as these Pharisees on their way to hell fully engaged in dead religion dotting eyes and crossing T's looking down their nose at others saying well if that's a Christian or that's so and so and that whatever and I'm better than them the exact same heart represented by the older brother maybe there's an older brother in this meeting tonight I, I, I'll tell you as I've been praying over this message that's what God has impressed on my mind for Coleraine tonight it's a message directed at the older brother mentality or there may be a prodigal there may be a younger brother who's reckless and careless and headlong into sin and I pray tonight God will give you a realization of how foolish that is and you would come to yourself and you would wise up and understand you're on your way to hell but I pray tonight if there's an older brother and you think that you're worthy if you think you're worthy and deserving of heaven you'll be in hell it's not one of us deserve heaven I'm only a sinner saved by grace Verse 19, this sinner, this younger brother, he comes to his own senses, he comes to himself, he realizes it's better for me to go and return to the Father who loves me. I'd rather be a servant in his house than stay where I'm at. And he says in verse 19, he was going to say, I've sinned against heaven and earth. I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And how wonderful this is. As I've said in this parable, in the third part of the parable, we have three hearts revealed the heart of the younger brother, the heart of the father. And the heart of the older brother are all revealed. All revealed by the Lord Jesus as he's addressing these Pharisees and scribes. He gives them a view of the heart of the younger rebellious brother who repents. Sees himself as unworthy and returns. That's what repentance is by the way. It's a turning from sin. And turning to God. A turning to the Father. That's what repentance is. The younger brother repents. He turns away and comes to the father. Acknowledges his sin. I have sinned against heaven and before thee. He acknowledges that he is not worthy. He's unworthy. God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. He says, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and he came to his, fa his father. And then we see the heart of the father. A heart of love. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Oh, the father was looking out for this son. He saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. If there's a wayward son tonight and you've got down into the depths of sin, I want you to understand tonight from the word of God, this is the heart of the father. The father's heart is toward rebel sinners 
He commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And as this wayward son who had squandered everything, took his father's inheritance, squandered it all in riotous living, and he comes back, and you and I, we would, if we were there, we would have been saying, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you the mess you'd make of your life? Look what you've done. Look what you've wasted. No. There, was no, there was not a word of that. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. There's the heart of the father to the rebel sinner. What amazing grace is open to the repentant sinner who comes to Christ. Yes, God is angry with the wicked every day. Yes, he hates sin. But he loved this world so much he sent his son to die and we are tonight in a day of grace, a day of opportunity to come to him. And we see a little glimpse here in this parable that Jesus is speaking to these hard-hearted Pharisees, murmuring, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And he's speaking to them and he's, he's giving them a little glimpse into the heart of the Gentiles, a little heart into the sinners who are coming to him. And they see themselves as unworthy. And he tells them through this parable, there's rejoicing in heaven at what's happening. And sinners coming into the Father's house. Sinners coming to the Savior. They've got a glimpse now into the heart of the younger brother. A little glimpse into the heart of the Father in his love and compassion. And the son said unto him, verse 21, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. You think of the Pharisees listening to that. See, they thought they were worthy. And maybe you're sitting here tonight, and you, you are still thinking, I'm better than this one and that one. And you're thinking you've got your own righteousness. And God says all your righteousnesses are just filthy rags. There's little children in this meeting tonight, so I would be embarrassed to tell you what the actual meaning of that Hebrew word that's translated in our English as filthy rags. I'd encourage you to go get a concordance when you go home and you look up in your concordance that word filthy rags, what the original Hebrew word is. And not one of us would stand up here and boast of that thing before God. We would be embarrassed. And your best efforts are simply filthy rags. We are not worthy. But these proud, arrogant Pharisees, they think they are something when they're nothing. And yet the Lord Jesus carefully, tenderly speaks to them this parable. And you're hearing it tonight. And maybe you've just got the same heart as the older brother, full of your own importance, thinking you're worthy, thinking other people are unworthy. They, they're sinners, or oh, they deserve to go to hell. Or oh, they have committed such a terrible sin, and you're blind 
to all your own sin. These Pharisees were just like that. And they are certainly represented in this parable by the older brother. The older brother, the Lord Jesus is speaking this parable just to expose their hard, arrogant, prideful hearts. Thank the Lord, the younger brother is coming into the father's house and there's rejoicing in heaven of a soul saved. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned. Verse 24, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. Have you realized that tonight? It's God the Holy Spirit put his finger in your life and you've realized that and you can bow your head and you have to acknowledge I have sinned against heaven. And Father, I have sinned in thy sight. I'm guilty, I'm unworthy. No more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. You, you just think of the Pharisees hearing that. This is the one who, who asked his father for his inheritance while he was still alive. This is the one who went off and lived in riotous, wicked, sinful life and was feeding at the swine trough. And the father's arms are open out to him in love. And he puts the best robe on him and a ring on his finger. Can you imagine the Pharisees hearing these words? Were they proud hearts? Murmuring hearts? Verse 23. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. That was what part one of the parable was about. That was what part two was about. Finding that which was lost and calling friends and neighbors and there would be rejoicing. Verse 24, the Savior says, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. There was a party going on. There was rejoicing. At this lost, wayward boy coming back into the father's house. Coming in repentance. Coming in brokenness. Coming confessing that he was unworthy. And he was greeted with a heart of love. And there was a great celebration at this prodigal coming back into the father's house. And you don't lose sight here, please, of who this parable is directed to. Who Jesus is speaking to these Pharisees and scribes and they're listening to this. And he comes now and he says, now his elder son. And that was them. That was them. And his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, thy brother is come. And thy father hath killed the fatted calf because... He hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry. You see, what prompted this whole conversation was them murmuring. They weren't happy. This man receives sinners and eats with them. And look at how good we are. And look at how unworthy they are and how guilty they are. And he's receiving them. And now they're standing there listening to this parable of the Lord Jesus this older brother 
his older son. He's angry and he would not go in. He wouldn't go in. Therefore came his father out. There you see the heart of the father again. Did the father have to go out and plead with him? He could have stayed in, rejoicing with his younger son who had returned. He could have said to the servants, tell him to come in. The father goes out and entreated him. The Savior is doing that exactly there with these elder with these Pharisees and scribes. He's entreating them through these words. He's opening up to let them see their hard heart. He's letting them see the heart of the Father's love and how he's receiving sinners and there's rejoicing in heaven. And he was angry, this older brother, and he would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. He's angry with the father. He's angry at the younger brother. Who does he think he is coming back after all he's been doing? And he's just full of pride and his own sense of importance and how worthy he is. And I am without fault is what is in his heart. I've never transgressed I at any time thy commandment. Didn't even see himself as a sinner. And yet thou never gavest me a kid. Oh, you're hard-hearted. I'm so good. And you're bad, Father. And that waster of a son, young son, my young brother, and he's boasting about how he kept all the commandments. And the Lord Jesus is relating this parable to the Pharisees and the scribes, and they're listening to that. And you never, you've never rejoiced with us or with, with me. Never gave us me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. And I kept the commandments. What did the Lord Jesus say were the two greatest commandments? He summarized all the law. You love, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Love the Father with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And right there, those Pharisees were breaking both those commands. They were angry at the Father, hard-hearted at the Father, full of bitterness for a returning son. No love for either of the two. And that's what you'll find in the heart of every person who's full of their own self-righteousness, full of their own sense of worth, a hard, arrogant heart. No love for souls. You'll, you'll, they've no burden for souls. They're not crying to God to have mercy on lost souls. They're not out helping in the outreach in the open air. They have no burden for souls. They're happy to come and warm a pew and tick a box and be seen to be religious and maybe go to an odd prayer meeting so they can say they've done that and they'll maybe manage to get their Bible open and read it so they can say, I read my Bible and I read my Bible every day and aren't I so good? Maybe there's a, an older brother in this meeting tonight and really, God is exposing your heart tonight. And you just think you're so worthy. And yet you're on your way to hell with your religion.
that angry spirit, a murmuring spirit. No love for your brother, no love for souls, no love for lost sinners are coming to Christ. You're not rejoicing. When you hear about souls being saved, it doesn't do anything for you. Your heart's not melted. You're not shedding tears of joy. Joining in in the rejoicing that's in heaven. Lost souls coming to Christ. Does it mean anything to you? He was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. I believe God the Holy Spirit is using this passage of scripture, this parable of Jesus Christ tonight, to entreat you hard-hearted sinner in all your religion and your T-crossing and I-dotting to expose your heart, to show you that you're standing outside the Father's house or you might be in church but you're not coming in and entering into the joy of the Lord you're not rejoicing over lost sinners coming to Christ rebel sinners, unworthy sinners seeing themselves as deserving of hell rejoicing in the grace of God unmerited, undeserved favor oh no, you, you think you're worthy you think because I've done this and I've done that God will allow me into heaven. Why should a holy sin-hating God allow you, a wicked, vile, rebel sinner, into his perfect heaven? If your answer to that question is because I did this or I did that, then you'll be in hell. The only answer to that question is because the sinless Savior died. My sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. I deserve hell. But God in his grace tonight has provided a way of salvation for rebel sinners. Unworthy sinners. Undeserving sinners. Would you come? Would you come to him? Would you acknowledge that you're a sinner? And all your religious efforts are just filthy rags. Corrupted and polluted by your sinful flesh. You see Isaiah chapter 1 says that we are polluted and corrupted by our sin. From the top of our head to the sole of our feet. Full of wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. That's, that's a sinner. That's the way we are in our sin. And you can do all the good things that you see to do. Give money into the church. Come to the, the meetings, go to the prayer meetings, read your Bible and pray. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But the minute we touch them, we pollute them and contaminate them and corrupt them with our wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. We're only ever accepted in Jesus Christ. He's the only one who kept God's law as we thought about this morning. God's law kept perfectly in the ark for us. He's our righteousness. But this Pharisee, these Pharisees murmuring, despising these people, these sinners coming to Jesus. Arrogantly looking down their nose. And I hope as we read this passage and we read these words of the Lord Jesus, as he's speaking to them, that's who he's speaking to. He's not speaking to the sinners that were coming to him. He's speaking to the Pharisees who were murmuring in all their religious efforts. And this older brother represents them. 
And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years I do serve thee. Oh, I'm proud of what I've done. Look what I've done. I've been serving thee. Never transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. He wasn't too happy to see his younger brother home. Cold and bitter hearted. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. I want you to think about those Pharisees hearing that parable. Can you just think of them? Can you think of them gasping? Their mouths are open. As they hear these words that they had never thought about, never heard about before. Just religious hypocrites. And here now the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to them. And opening their heart, exposing their heart of self-righteousness. Going about trying to establish their own righteousness having rejected the righteousness of God, which is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The heart of the older brother is you believe that God ought to bless you and rejoice over you because after all, look at how good you are. The elder, brother, the elder brothers, they obey God to get things. They don't obey God to get God himself. It's what they can get from God, not the love of God that they seek for their happiness. Do you desire God himself? Or is it just go through the motions, tick boxes and do this for what you can get for yourself? He's angry at the father's love for the rebellious returning son. And sadly, they boast of their religious efforts, outwardly very moral lives, a sense of being better than others, a sense that they are worthy. And the Lord gives this parable, speaks of the Father, and he comes out to entreat them to come in. And yet they're angry. The lover of prostitutes is saved, but the man of morality is still lost. And you can almost hear these Pharisees gasp as that story ends. Do you know that parable is left open-ended? What we know from this parable is the sinners that were coming to Christ came in repentance and were saved. And there was rejoicing in heaven. The younger brother was saved. The one who was out of control was now home in the father's house rejoicing in the love of the father. Delighted in his father. You know if you're far from God tonight, you come to him, rejoice in his love and his mercy and his grace. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And go home rejoicing. Go home rejoicing in who God is. What he has done. And praise him and live for his glory. That's the heart of the true believer. But the Pharisee does religion for what he can get out of it. Not to get to God. Not because he loves God. Because he loves himself. 
And what this Pharisee has heard now, these Pharisees and scribes, it was a complete reversal of everything they'd ever been taught or thought. And I wonder, would they repent and rejoice in and with the Father? I wonder tonight in this meeting, will you? Will you repent of your religious, pharisaical, hypocritical behavior? Repent of your own sense of worthiness and just acknowledge I am unworthy. I deserve hell. I'm only a sinner. Lord, be gracious to me, a sinner. Or will you stay outside like these Pharisees? It doesn't tell us what they did. You read that parable there, that older brother is the one who we don't know. Did he stay outside with his religion and his hard heart and his murmuring spirit and go to hell? Or did he repent and come to Christ and trust in him? As I said at the very beginning, God's salvation is not a reward for the righteous. It's a gift for the guilty. It's not a reward for those who think themselves worthy. But rather it's a gift for those who acknowledge they are unworthy. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. He's your only hope. What are you trusting in tonight? Are you trusting in religion? Are you trusting in what you're doing? Or are you trusting in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done? I thank God tonight that he has entered into that heavenly sanctuary not made with hands, with his own blood, having purchased eternal redemption for us. I point you to him. You deserve hell. God is gracious. Tonight we've seen the heart of the Father. We've seen the heart of the younger brother. We've seen the heart of the older brother. But we see the heart of the Father with his arms outstretched to receive sinners who come to him through his Son.